You, you know, we have a lot of expressions in the English language. I don't even know what I'm saying. What are we talking about? Where'd that come from? Most all of us use them every day. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means. You know, we just say them as if they really made as sense. As they really made sense. I mean, how silly is that? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> what the f*** is he talking about? What is good? You know who it is. You know what it is. It's a me, Mario. Welcome to Appraise the Phrase, Origins of Everyday Expressions, where we're here to do three things. Unveil the origin, confirm the meaning, and assess the value of everyday common phrases. I'm here with my man. It's season two, 20. 20 yeah. Williams. What's up, brother? I just want to let y'all know I'm from Miami and... Uh... <laughs> I just appreciate being on this show, Mario. You know what I mean? We back for the second season, and it's uh, been one of the greatest things that I've ever done in my life. And I just want to let you know, you know, how thankful I am that you chose me to come back on the show. The, enough, you, I didn't choose you. I didn't choose you. The, cho <clears throat> the, the show chose you. You chose the show, and as the show was choosing you, bro. That's how it goes. No, I appreciate it, man. I, 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 not only am I, I a co-host, I am also a fan. Whoa. Let's get it started. Oh, well, without further ado, I want to welcome our guest of the day. Now, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. We rolled into season two. It's been a while, and the guests just keep getting better to me. No offense to any guests prior, because you all were great. But I mean, the point, the point, right, is to keep getting better. So today, I want to welcome a good friend of mine who... Needs no introduction, but about to get one. The homie who's blessing us, Chef Sue Ellen Drummond. What is the word? Hi, Mario. Hi, Chris. Oh, oh my government. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's it's because you on? got it right there. It's because I am right happy there. to be here. This is my first podcast, even though I listen to plenty of podcasts. Welcome, welcome. Hey, give her, give her, give her, you got a oh, little, uh, let's get it. Give her a little Welcome, this is your first podcast. Give her a first man. podcast, come on, hey. Season two, baby, we got, we got Phillies, come on. I need you guys in my life all the time. All, hey, 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 just plug <laughs> us, just plug us, we'll be there, we'll be there. All right, before we get started, before we jump into the phrase, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Sue Ellen. How, 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 can, how can the listeners and the viewers, because we like, because how can the viewers get to know you? All right, so I'm Sue Drummond, uh, Sue Ellen Drummond, but a lot of people call me Sue. Um, I am a chef. I have been a chef in Boston, Brazil, New York, currently in San Diego. And I am now starting my own brand called Favela Bonita. Um, something what really- What was that again? What was that again? Say that uh, one more time. Favela Bonita. Uh, that's what I thought you said. Yeah, and it was started during COVID, one of those COVID passion projects, even though mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do it since the day I started being a chef. Brazilian cooking has always been my identity, um, and Favela Bonita is a celebration of Brazilian culture and its people, and more specifically, favela residents. And favelas, many people may not know, are like these neighborhoods in Brazil where you see in the pictures, the little houses on the hills, on the outskirts. Yep, yep, yep. yep. 
A lot of people know it from oh, City of God. City of God. I was just about to say My boy Rocket. Hey, hey, boy, we haven't seen that movie. Yeah, everybody's seen that movie. But the thing is, a lot of people see City of God and the news, and they only see the negative, right? But nobody really knows the history and the culture that's in those locations. And we all know as African-Americans and Afro-Brazilians that we are the culture. And we're exploited, and so much of Brazilian culture is in those favelas. And it's so unfair that we only see the marginalized um, view of it and the negative view of it, and there's so much good food there. There's so like, much good food right. there. Hold on, Sue, I'm going to stop you because I'm going to let you, at the end of the show, you're gonna, we're going to let you stand on the soapbox. Yeah. You feel me? Oh, God. Oh, good. Oh, you was ready. Sue's ready. Sue's yes. Ready. And I like that's, that. That leads me into the phrase. So we're here today. To talk about you are what you eat. I've yes. heard it. 20. Mm-hmm. You've heard it. I've heard it before. There we go. I don't know how many times you've said it out there, but I know okay. that it has impacted my life. I am 30, a fresh 35. No, nah, not so fresh no more. Not so fresh no more. Fresh, uh, ripe, ripe 35 <laughs> at this point. And I, it, it's, it's impacted my life. Don't give me the, that's like, that's like, 35 is a good age, man. No, bro, trust me. I I, I was there before, so I, I understand how good 35 <laughs> can be, man. So, you know, I've been there before. I've been there before. You know Thank what I'm saying? You, I've been man. there Thank once, you. once in my life. I'm looking forward to it. Year. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, Sue, make sure you let me know. Not there yet. It's not even over the hill, but you're on the hill, okay? You're on the hill. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the definition of you are what you eat. Before we do that, Sue, what's your connection to you are what you eat? Um, my whole life. My whole life I've been around food. My whole life food has been part of who I am. And it has affected who I am. You are what you eat. Mm, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Let's get into the definition and see if we are connecting in the right way. So Webster's mm-hmm. defines you are what you eat. To be fit and healthy, you need to eat good food. Plain and simple. Good food to be fit and healthy. That's where we're at currently. Webster's Dictionary, we're always doing the current as we sit, as we talk definition. Now, I have an opinion on the definition, <laughs> but I'll reserve mine. I'll reserve mine. 20, where you at with the definition of you are what you eat? You know what? Honestly, I was... Uh... As a kid, since I was always an overweight lover, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, 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 it always hit me to the point where because it was more of a negative tone. Like when somebody's saying that to you, it's more in a you are what you eat because you're not eating well. Not as opposed to you are what you eat because this is this is great or this is uh, something for you to get fit. In. You get what I mean? Like yeah. if it's like a situation where hmm, like pork you know what i'm saying like i feel like pork is still one of the most hated delicious foods on earth <laughs> but it's like somebody who doesn't eat pork would look at you in a way of like how can you eat that because of how how it lives or whatever the case may be yeah you know what i'm saying and it was one of the situations for me i always took it as like you know you need to stop eating what you're eating and eat something different got you so i guess it, it always came to me as a negative kind of vibe because it's great things out there and there's great food out there and that doesn't mean you're eating it to be fit i just feel like it's a situation of you know the quality 
Quality. Good. Word. Word. Before I toss it back. There's definitely the fit aspect. There's the fit aspect, but it's great that you brought up pork because it has a lot to do with culture, too. So, like, there's all these cultures that eat a lot of pork, but then there's people that, because of religion, they don't eat pork. They don't. Exactly. They don't eat pork. And then um, does that really have to do about, uh, like, with the physical or is that more of, like, the transfer of energy? Like, I was thought from a really young age that uh, energy gets transferred through food. And it's not like, you know, third world countries, you don't have the best quality of food a lot of times. That's not true in every in every country. There's like a lot of countries that agriculture is so rich. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's countries that people don't really have like you make something out of nothing. And it's about like the energy that you transfer into food. Like you can make something out of just rice and beans. And you don't need like any of the fancy caviar or any of the fancy anything. Yeah. And it's nutritious yeah. and it's delicious and it was made with love. So I think a lot of it is I I look at the phrase as being a transfer of energy too. Yeah, and that's where I, I think I think Sue's story. going deep on this one. That was I think deep. Sue's going deep. I think Sue's going depth. deep on this one. Hey, hey, she, she hit you with that nine round on this one. Mario. I know you said, hey, you know what? Sue for me is something else. <laughs> she, she, she gave you a button hook. Fake. <laughs> yep. I'm Look, and that's where I want to go. Thank you. That's where I want to go because the thing that stands out for me with the meaning is one fit, the fit part, because that's like pushing mm-hmm. it towards physical. So thank you for speaking to that, Dub. 20. In the good Appreciate part, it. which I'm throwing quotations on. Thank you, Sue, for saying like, what? When we're saying good, are we saying purely good to my digestive system? Yeah. Any, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? So like good good is the number one like opinionated word ever. Oh you my know gosh. What I'm oh like my gosh. I swear. It's used like fact, but it's Oh my gosh. It's yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> like this you you sit up here and you can say something is good for one man is definitely not good for another. So how to how are you defining something good if it's not good for ever, man. everybody? How do we get yeah. there? How do we get there? All right. Mm-hmm. How we get there? The origins of things, the roots the of origin. Things. So let's get into the origin of what you are, what you eat. Okay, this is going back to 1826, okay? Mm. 1826, a French lawyer by the name of Antime Brillat Savarin. I don't know if that was French or not. Bro, you hit that. You hit that, bro. You see the uh, the tongue? I know, I'm trying, right? I'm trying. (laughs) He wrote the physiology du goût. Ooh, mediations de gastronomie transcendante. Yeah? Oh, I hear you, player. Yeah? Did you okay. practice this in the mirror? You have I had, to. I had all weekend. I had all weekend to get the title <laughs> down. <laughs> all right, but so that's basically a book where he he's uh he wrote in there, tell me what you eat and I will tell you what you are. That's where oh, the wow. first printed version of this phrase coming from um, this French lawyer, and we're gonna call him Big Ant, okay? Big yeah, Ant, yeah, yeah, I ain't got it. Uh, Big there Ant BS. Go. So, Big Ant, Jean Antel Brillant Savarine, for those that really wanna look him up, he was a lawyer and a politician. Let's dig into who this man is. Why should we care that this person said this is the first person to say this? He was a French, he was a, what's up? Oh, no, I'm sorry to cut you off, Mario, go ahead, but go ahead. you said like in the 1800s, like a lot of people were like, class driven you get what i'm yes. saying so so from you telling me what he's done is 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 
me hearing that he's had to be somewhat in the upper class to say that. And I feel like going back to my personal experiences, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like for him to say something like that is him saying, okay, if you're eating less or if you're eating scraps, then you're scraps. You get what I'm saying? Like, if It'll you're eating... There. Yeah? Are we, It'll and, get there. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, whenever, whenever people are going towards that saying, it's, it's like you said, it's more than food. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's an energy. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's them trying to... Uh, I would say put you in a box, but put you in a certain classified in an area. You get in what an I mean? area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought about it that way when you're when looking back at the origin. Yes, yes. So you see, that's what we do it. So listen, let's see, let's see, let's see. So is this man prominent? That's why we got to dig. Yeah, it's more than just exactly. finding out when it was said, who said it, and mm-hmm. what about that dude or 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 young man, one young lady, whatever. So young aunt, young aunt gained fame as an epicure. Now, an epicure, do we know what that is? I didn't. So that's why I have the definition ready. I don't want to. Yeah. For anybody that knows what it is, excuse me. I'm not saying you're slow. I did not know <laughs> what it was. So that's why I'm giving the definition. An epicure is one with a sensitive and discriminating taste, especially for food and wine, or one devoted to central pleasure in gastronomy. So mm. gastronomy, Sue, can snob. you break us down? Yeah, he's like a food snob. Oh, see, oh, there it is. See, hey, it's starting to come together. It's starting to come together. He's like, I don't even have to buy this shit. That man's a food snob. Long story short, the Snobby, French, bro. The French got a Snobby, funny way bro. of telling you. The French got a no offense to the French. Okay, so he, that's how he became famous. And he's one of two writers who founded the whole genre. Of the gastronomic essay, this is a big deal. So gastro pubs and stuff. Yes, like that. all that stuff. Saying, he I mean, created. The I still essay. don't know what a gastro pub is, Sue. I'll be honest with you, but uh, is that kind of like what that is, or a gastro pub? From my understanding, it's like a bar that has food, a gathering, okay. a place of gathering with food. Am I wrong? Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, honestly, that's what I thought it was too. So hey, you know what? Chuck E. Cheese. The gastro wrongs, pub. Don't make it right. <laughs> There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's get let's get through this first round of origin. So now my man Ant, who's considered the father of the low carb diet, dog, in the eighteen hundreds, mid eighteen hundreds. Wait, mid-1800s. what, bro? They had fad diets then. Huh? They had fad diets in the eighteen hundreds. It's hard for obesity, bro. Obesity. Is- <laughs> They've been hounding people for this for so long. Okay, so he's the father oh, of the low carb diet. He considered sugar and white flour to be the cause of obesity, and he suggested he suggested protein-rich ingredients. He also promoted the diet that avoided starch, grains, sugar, flour, and anything that we... He recommended meats, root vegetables, cabbage, and fruit. All right, Sue, off this. First dude that said it, young aunt, big aunt, whatever. How you feeling about it as we sit? I mean... I think he was kind of ahead of time, even though he was a food snob. Like, let's look at all that people are telling us to eat now, you know? Even though even though it is still a fad diet and you just got to do what's best for your own body, I am all for eating more fruits and vegetables. I'm with that. I'm fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I think, I think he was ahead of his time. There we go. Okay. Yeah, especially the 1800s. 
in the 1800s, you telling people only to eat rice and and you, pretty much that's all they had anyway. I, I, maybe my my uh, <laughs> just uh, maybe I'm not. I guess imagining the 1800s like I'm supposed to imagine the 1800s, but I'm pretty sure. Watch more movies, twenty. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what it is. I need to watch more 1800 movies to understand how it really was back in the day. But then, but then back in the day, I imagine most people made their their like. But a lot of uh, agriculture was their main way of making money. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. selling selling their grains at farmers market and yep. whatnot. Yep. I feel like. I feel like to grow fruits and vegetables, you need a lot more finances than like to grow grains. Right, 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 right. And that's Flour interesting. And Pretty we, much we, land. I mean, yeah. you need the land to, to do it. So like what, what? Uh, it wasn't no cheeses back then. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't no, you know, Lay's potato chips back then. So it's like, mm -hmm. if, if he's saying, you know, what, what more than vegetables, fruit, and, and protein did they have to eat back then? You get right. what I mean? There wasn't no Kool-Aid back then. It sounds mm -hmm. like the classism, and I'm not saying it's intentional. We're not there yet. We're not talking about intentional classism. but Oh, we need to go there. We will. <laughs> Let's go. We will. But he's saying that the things that are cheaper to produce, from, from what I'm hearing Sue say, are the things you probably should steer clear from. Now, sugar, we can all agree, agree, disagree, but like there's sugar has its... Um, has its results. That's all I'll say. But I also want to say, as a former former athlete and I got into the, this a little bit as far as understanding nutrition, is like all sugars aren't created equal any anyways, any fucking way. So I don't want to go there. All right, we got and we got young. Say, wait, what? All sugars aren't created like a banana sugar is not the same as a Starburst sugar, bro. Like in that sense, okay. you feel yeah. what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. you can't be like I, I heard. I heard. I'll never forget this. I was in some grocery store. And one of the workers, they was talking about their lunch break or whatever. And he was like, you going to grab a banana for lunch? And the dude said, no, too much sugar. Now, I don't know if he's on a diabetic scale or whatever on the spectrum, but I'm like, dude, you are reading the wrong things. That's all I want mm -hmm. to say about that. Yeah. Eat the banana, bro. <laughs> Eat the <laughs> banana. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My man, Frenchie. I love Frenchie. that smoke you just gave somebody. That I know. Whoever got if he's, he's going to be listening, like, I remember. <laughs> I remember if that you're day. listening, if you're listening, if you're listening sir, bro, sir, at Star if you're Market, listening, yeah, because <laughs> I was listening to your conversation because I was eavesdropping, <laughs> as I was eavesdropping and then judging. All right, so soon after that, so we got 1826, young aunt, French uh -huh. lawyer. Uh huh. Tell me what you eat, I will tell you what you are. Mm -hmm. 1863, 64, a young German man comes in. Now this is where you know I'm a stunt. The young German man comes in, Ludwig Andres Feuerbach, <laughs> continued the essence in an essay titled Concerning Spiritualism and Materialism. So off the title, we see where he coming from with the phrase. Mm -hmm. Concerning yeah, spiritualism and materialism. Yep. He wrote. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait, Sue. I can't wait. No, I like, hey. Mario, I'm so excited you picked this. because I didn't. I'll be honest with you. Let me, me just credit. kind of note this. Because this. This is something, this is why I always say this probably 75% of the show. This is why the show is so important, man. Because you go in with one simple, simple mindset. And you come out with just like, dude, what the, is it more? Is it more? And sometimes it is more, bro. And sometimes it's, it's just worth it to figure out, is it more? And when you find out, it, it, mm -hmm. it's, 
And it's yeah, always circle moment, cool, bro. We gonna come back to see where we talking. Like, are you telling me in a negative connotation? Are you telling me to uplift? We'll get back to it. But so Ludwig Feuerbach, he wrote. I'm gonna say it in German first because I gotta use it or you lose it. Okay. Der Mensch ist was er ist. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> now I know. I know German. And that bro, means, take off your turtleneck. I can't believe you just had a turtleneck moment. Please. <laughs> oh, man. Y'all seen the promo. Y'all seen the promo. Yeah, y'all seen the promo. That turtleneck. I'll PSA the turtleneck moment. Like, I don't really look at this. <laughs> okay. Did y'all get the joke? Okay. Anyway. So, diminished ist was er ist means man is what he eats. Okay. So, he didn't even uh-huh. remix it that much. He just said it in German, basically. So, Ludwig, he was a German anthropologist. Okay. German anthropologist and philosopher. So he's just here to thinking. He's just getting to thinking and writing. All right. And this is only about, what, 40 years later, let's say, from uh, the French dude. And Mm -hmm. he was best known for his book, The Essence of Christianity. So he wrote that before he wrote this other book. So you know you're getting getting plays, you're getting streams, you're getting burns, you're getting likes, you're getting when you write about Christianity back in the 1800s. You know what I'm saying? You're getting getting the, what is it? You're getting the engagement. Your engagement numbers are through the roof mm-hmm. when you talk yeah. Christianity back then, because that's the whole thing. Like, is God real? What are we doing? Why is everything? Prime content. Yes, mm-hmm. it's the content that people want to hear. So he provided a critique of Christianity back then that strongly influenced a generation of thinkers. Now, now, when I name these folks off, and we don't talk about Mr. Lou Big Firebot, we don't talk about him, but his sons. No. <laughs> we talk. So he influenced Darwin. Karl Marx, Sigmund Freud. Mm. Wait, this guy? This guy <laughs> who said man is what he eats. Uh, Friedrich Engels, don't know him. Richard Wagner, popular English one. Yeah. And Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche? Not, not that is not mine. That, that is, is Nietzsche. Not mine. That is not it. So he influenced all these <laughs> folks. And uh, he brought, uh, he brought wow, it to use. In the, the phrase in a spiritual sense. So he he took it from the the food snob sense and went straight spiritual. Like, hey, you are what you eat in the sense that what you're doing, where 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 Sue was, was getting at it. So I'm gonna take it back to yeah. Sue and say, now that you're here just 40 years later, a little bit less, it gets introduced purely as a spiritual phrase. Where you at with it? Well, I'm thinking at that time, like you said, you're talking about Christianity. It's also trying mm-hmm. to make sure people are like in line of what they're thinking that is right politically and religiously, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, of course, today we have freedom of speech, freedom of religion. You are what you eat, but like you can be so many things, whatever you choose to be. But let's talk about like what you intake in that spiritual sense. I do think that food is a transfer of energy, like physically, how much energy you put into the food that you're making. But then now that you said that what he was thinking, what he was saying, I'm thinking social media, I'm thinking like the Mm -hmm. news, I'm thinking like the books you're reading, you have the choice in like your fingertips of what you're taking in. And it's like, do I want to sit after I come home from work and scroll through Instagram or TikTok for like the silliest things, or do I want to like sit and <laughs> doom scroll and like hear about coronavirus and 
and the war, like for five hours, you know? Exactly. At some point, uh, at some point, you're like, it's all the same content, you know? You're just hearing it differently. Give her, no, let's give no. her a plug in. Let's give her a plug in for that. Yeah, you gotta come with the ad when you hit that second one. Hey, 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 she, hey, hey, listen. Hey, hey. If if I am what I'm eating, Mario, I'm eating right now. I'm eating right now. I'm eating right now, dog. This is this is I'm eating right now, bro. This is Michelin star. Thank you, Sue. Uh, and I want to uh, say, like, no, come on now. Now I want to say, like, that takes it back to you said something very, very crucial. You said. At some point, it's all the same content. And at what stage do we be that like, hit, that hit right there, bro. <laughs> we be like, I'm going to just eat what I want, dog. Yeah. Like because on the food it's all level. The same, it's, it's at all the end of the day, dog. Like I'm hungry day, and I'm going to eat what I want. I've been trying. Let's say even fad diet, folks. I've been trying. I've been trying. You know what? Today, I'm eating whatever I want. And, and when you take out the food aspect of it, it's even more because it's like, you know what, man, I've been trying to be conscious. I've been trying to be up with what's on the world, like you said, and it's nothing but sadness. You know what, I'm going to go on Instagram. I'm going to go on Instagram for the thirst because the thirst always wins. You get what I'm saying? So it's like a situation where it's always, it's going to give you the same thing, regardless of the platform. It's going to give you the same yeah. exact thing. And it's like, what are you taking in? But then now you have the choice of what you're taking in, you know? Like, do I want to sit home? Do I want to sit home and doom scroll all day and then go to work and be negative and keep thinking about that thing that I doom scrolled the day yeah. before? Or do I want to like actually like start reading these books that are going to like inspire me to do better and change the world? Actually, it's yeah. it, we're living through everything right now. You oh, know how yeah, you in 2020, we were like, can it get any worse than this? And then it did. Indeed. And then yeah. in 2021, we're like, it can't get any worse than this. And look at how we are now. And then, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Right about that. Exactly. You don't know. You're so right. You're so but right. then we have to figure out a way to stay positive and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bring out positivity. And that could be through your diet, which I think is super important, especially as an athlete. You can talk. You can speak for yourself and what you take in as information. Yes. Yes, we nibbling, regardless whether it be oh, yeah. food or mm -hmm. we nibbling. We nibbling. All right. So it's just not just the intake of, of you know, good things when you're eating. It's the intake of, you know, good conversation. It's the intake of good, you know, good information. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. that's, that's what we well. At the time, it was just <laughs> Christianity. We just want to feed you Christianity. And this is how it means to yeah. be a good Christian. Yeah, eat, and you, whatever you eat, and don't be eating like them. That's where it gets to. Don't eat like them. Mm -hmm. All right, segueing, flipping, flipping gears. Also, let me um shout out. I bring it back. I bring it back. My bad, y'all. I bring it back. All right. So the phrase didn't migrate to other languages. My bad. <laughs> Wait, bro. Who are you talking to? I've been wondering. You did that like four or five times. Like you talked to the audience. Do you have an audience in there? Or? Mm -hmm. My bad, bro. It's just who is he talking to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you had somebody in the studio while you were talking to. I'm like, who's he got in the studio? Tell him to say what's up. No, no, no. Right, so Did have anyone in the studio? They would never. <laughs> David Ruffin. Y'all better. David Ruffin in the tip. <laughs> no, oh, moving man. on. Moving on. Sorry, bro. Moving on. Sorry. Yeah. I appreciate it. There you go. 20 shout out. There we go. All right. So the phrase didn't migrate to other languages. So right now we're talking French and German. 
dominating, mm-hmm. dominating the conversation with you are what you eat in ways. It didn't reach other languages, especially English, until the 1930s. Okay, so it took, it, took, it took some time, some decades. And then it was officially an American nutritionist named Victor Linlar, who was a strong believer in the idea that food controls health. And he developed the catabolic diet. Do you know what that is, Sue? The catabolic diet? I don't. Mm-mm. Me neither. All right. I didn't even dig into it. I live like, in California, and I've heard of all. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this one doesn't sound like a California diet. I'm not. <laughs> see, uh, just, but it sounds like something that comes out of Southern California where it never rains. Yeah. So if you li- if you're watching, you're listening. Let us know. You like, yo, I'm all about. The- I've been living off the catabolic diet since I got here, <laughs> and I've lost and I lost 45 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Mario. Go ahead and plug your little. Like, diet. come on, Mario. Give Mario. Yeah. A go ahead and plug it <laughs> on, on IG, please. I want to see it. Go ahead and plug that, man. But. Along with that diet was the first time in English the printed version of this surfaced. Okay, so it was 1923, and it was an advertisement of the Bridgeport Telegraph. Bridgeport, I don't know what state. Uh, And for the United Meat Markets. And the the advertisement said 90% of the diseases known to man. That's a wild number to say. Sorry. Back to the quote. Everybody. That's All exactly, diseases, yeah. dog. That, when you say 90%. 90% of the diseases known to man are caused by cheap foodstuffs. You are what you eat. And I am willing to bet, I'm going to let y'all have the floor. I have to say, I am willing to bet this man, Victor, did not research the meeting because he said what he meant, and then he just threw the phrase at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me. Yep. Where you at with that, man? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, back then. Yeah, take it to the time, Sue. You got to take it into the time. So women weren't getting no respect. Black people weren't getting no respect. No. Like, like you got to take it in when it's said it to. That's I think, I think the classism goes like back <laughs> way back to the classism again. You know? And then like we're hearing who who is saying these things. <laughs> it's definitely going back to the classism. Yeah. And you know. I do have, if we want to go back in time and look back at uh-huh. history, right? So my favorite dish is called um, feijoada, right? And a lot of countries have their own version. It's a uh, black bean stew with pork, but it's like all the subparts of pork, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look back, it's part of Brazilian culture. Everybody's like, oh my God, Sue, you're Brazilian, make feijoada for me. <laughs> and I tell them, I can only make feijoada on Sunday, Sundays. And they're like, why? So feijoada in Brazil is an African uh, dish. And it was made because um, the slaves used to have all the subpars. So like the food snobs were like, I only eat the loin of the pork, but then there's all these parts. So they talking about chitlins. That's pretty much like, that's pretty much like all they had to eat. And of course you have to eat, right? Yes. So they would make this stew but a lot of them couldn't eat pork religiously for Ubanda religion. Uh-huh. So then they would make the stew on Sunday and dance afterwards to kind of like purge, like cleanse like your soul, yep. you know? And then yep. you look at it and you look at the, the classism part where it's like, oh, I only eat the loin and you have to eat all these subpars, even though it's not for your religion, but you're forced to eat this, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm thinking that kind of stuff too. Like when you look at the what they used to think back in the day, like of 
certain people not being worthy. So here you go. You have to eat the nose. You have to eat the tail. You have to eat the feet. And it's not even something that you eat in your religion. Right. Come on. So now, That's true. So nowadays, nowadays, when people ask me, like, oh, can you make feijoada for me? I'm like, no, for respect of the history, I only make it on Sunday. There it is. Feijoada Sundays. There it is wow. for the Sundays. Thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. living it up to it. And thank you for that education, man. Thank you for I that love education. when we have personal experiences on here, man. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. Data is one personal experience times. So when you say, when we when we talk about the classism of mm-hmm. that poor, the, the cheap food, that's what I'm thinking. It's like a way to kind of like classify people. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly not- what I feel. I, honestly, 90% of me believe that's exactly what he meant. Yeah. That's the thing that came to me. Like, that dish. It's the stress. It's the stress that y'all 90% put on my back. 90% of these, it was just like, oppression. yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, come on, dog. Yeah, bro. Come on, I can't dog. even go in there to buy no, I can't even go in there to buy no bread. You feel me? Like, <laughs> so what What do you think I'm eating? You feel me? I got to make my bread from at home. Now, now, we talked about, we talked about how, um, Old buddy from Germany, Louis Fauerbach used um, Feuerbach mm-hmm. used Christianity as like okay, I don't know if he was sinc- I think he was sincere, but that was the way to talk about things and get hurt. Now, <laughs> this man Linlar is doubling up on that right in American culture, which is you know what I'm saying capitalism, all that bullshit. And 1942, the phrase entered the mass public consciousness in America. Because I think once he saw that advertisement go crazy by adding you are what you eat at the end of his very biased phrase or biased stat, he said uh, he wrote a book or published you are what you eat. And then it was a way to win and keep health with a diet. It was like pulling people. You are what you eat contest. And then he took to the radio to say this. okay? Mm -hmm. and so talks from the 30s to the 50s that no one can recover because probably very racist. Uh, radio shit. Um, reach, that's how it reached the mass audience. So he's every week, you are what you eat, come talk on the radio, enter a chance to win, whatever a healthy lifestyle would have been there. So you talk about access to the radio. You talk about mm-hmm. access, who's going to get on the line. And we like, we really, we really leveling up this classism shit here. Um, let's see. The phrase wasn't much used years after uh, Linville stopped the radio broadcast because whatever. But. <laughs> Uh, and that phrase started to blossom because it kind of got reversed in my head because yeah. the hippie generation started to say, you are what you eat as a, like a microbiotic whole food. And the phrase was adopted by them for a slogan of healthy eating. And that's where like it really, as we know it, it's like it, it that is where it stands today. The hippie mm-hmm. said, you are what you eat. Yeah. And they were spreading it. And we learned how that works. I don't know, Sue, your time in Boston. Talk to me about your time in Boston, because for me, all love to Boston, but the 1960s hippies that were like free love, all that stuff, except <laughs> stay in your neighborhoods. <laughs> like you <do. laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, Woodstock, but don't move into yep. my neighborhoods. That's how my experience, in Bo- the progressive experience I've had in Boston is like, yes, 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 nonprofit, money, 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 yep. but... <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> talk to me about that. So, did you? Did you? Am I? Am I? Am I alone in that experience? Did you experience that at all while, while there? No, no. Um, I grew up in Boston, so to me, I thought that was like normal. You know, like you know when you grow up with stuff and you're like don't realize because you think like that's this is how everybody thinks. Like there's no, no there's like 
no yeah, reason course. for you to fight it, you know? Like, this is how it is, and that's how it is. And then, like, when I actually got to, like, college, I was, like, got to see other things. I'm like, no, this isn't okay. And then coming back to Boston, I was like, wow, I thought Boston was so liberal. I thought, like, Boston was, like, so so up and forward. And then, like, when you actually get to, like, meet those people and, like, you're like, oh, so you're just putting up a front. Like, would you rather be, like, up in front, like, very exposed, or would you rather it be, like, that kind of, like, yes, I'm a hippie, but don't come over here. Like, I've always wondered that. Yeah, I don't know, Which man. Which do you prefer? That's the, okay, 20, she asking you, what do you prefer, the up front or the hidden gym? Dude, you know what? I prefer more of an up front approach because mm-hmm. I'll be that person that think everything cool and walk up in the crib. Going to fridge, you feel me? Like <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. Like so, if you make me feel comfortable, you're gonna see me at my, at my comfort. You get what I'm saying? And it's just like because that's just who I am. I'm I'm I am who I am. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like when it comes to people, I I'm gonna give you that upfrontness. I'm gonna show you that respect upfront, and I just hope that you do it to me too as well. Because uh, guessing what type of people are, what type of person you are, and stuff like that, that's that's too much for me right now. In my yeah, life imagine now. growing up with that. Oh, like, see. Code, switching, code switching is so natural, you don't even realize you're doing it. Dude, that's crazy <laughs> exactly. to me, man. You know? That's crazy to me. When I learned the phrase, I'm like, oh, that's what I've been doing my whole life. Code switching. Code switching. Wow. The whole time. Wow. wow. It's because right, yeah, Boston is so much... Boston has so much old money, though. Yeah. That's what it is. The bureaucracy, the, bureaucracy, the old boys. It's, it's like, bad. I have old money, and I want to feel better, and I'm going to donate to all of these organizations, nonprofits. But then, like, my mindset's still not different. Right. Definitely not different. Is that is, is that what you experienced, Mario, a little yes. bit? Yes. That's exa- When I got into it, I'm like, oh, y'all just champion, like, the names of the stuff. And kind mm-hmm. of like, y'all, y'all do turn it off. Like when five o'clock hits and the foundation closes, it's over. <laughs> it's a wrap. Like, Seriously, bro. I'm bro, sorry. Then they man. go That's back to crazy, their lives, bro. and it's like I still think you shouldn't be here after dark. It's that type of thing. Like those natural biases kick right the fuck back in. Right. Bro, you know when in. you say that, when you say that, um, it reminds me of the movie, uh, one, uh, the One Night in Miami movie. And it's a scene with uh, Jim Brown, and he goes to this guy's house. Right. And he's talking to Jim Brown on like, oh, I'm a huge fan. Oh, this man, you did this so much for Syracuse and blah, da, 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 da. And he's just like at all with Jim Brown. Right. Yeah. Oh, with Jim Brown. Oh, white man. And then all of a sudden, the um, something happens in the house. And Jim goes, you need you need me to help you out. And, and he turns and looks at him. He's like, Jim, you know, we don't let you know, we're like, like simple, you know like very specific and simple. Like, bro, like, I was, like, that moment, in, it, it, and if that really, really, and I'm assuming that really happened to Jim Brown, and I feel like that was the moment where he, because they, they made it seem like that was the moment where he took on the activist, the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. out of the front way of trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. please, you know, certain people. So it, it, it was that moment, and I'm just, and that hit me, bro. I was like, dang, bro, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, as, yeah, as yeah. watching the movie, I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, Yo, there's there are people that are really like that. They'll be up here and praise yep. you and, yep. and and sit up here and say your cooking's amazing, da 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 da. But then all of a sudden, you know, 
if somebody else, oh, nah, you know, I, I, nah, you know yeah, saying, nah, so you are gonna get your own taxi, right? You go, you're not gonna run taxi. Yeah, exactly, right. I mean, I don't think I don't even think it's only about location. You know, I think that stuff is present everywhere. I've been feeling it a lot lately because, like, my brand is like about marginalized people, right? Yeah. And it's like it's pro-black, and it's like one yeah. thing, like if you're black, like here's an applause, but like if you're pro-black, it's like, ooh, maybe that's a liability. You yeah, know? exactly. No, or you're like, right. Or like even an employer like applying for jobs like this is who I am and this is what I stand for and it's almost like oh you can stand for that but don't stand for that too much because then you're a liability to us you know yeah that's no, like you're right. that's you're so right terrible that. like down here it's it's more like a situation where you know like the whole you know the black owned movement mm -hmm. uh, you know everybody's so for black owned but they only want to go to black owned uh, establishments on brunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like it's it's not it's not only good at brunch. You can come in here on a Tuesday night and get an amazing dinner. You get right. what I'm saying? You don't have to just come here on a Sunday to get lit and and, and and party and stuff like that. Like, it's just a situation like like that in itself. The the actual event masks it masks really what people are really and how people really feel. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're going to support you on brunch because they, you know, it looks great on Instagram to go somewhere for brunch and take pictures. But then again, you know, Monday through Saturday, where you at? Exactly. Or, or, or when they support you and it's almost like they're doing you a favor. And it's like, no, like you're coming to me because my service is amazing. My service right. is exceptional. Like right. I get paid what I get paid because I'm exceptional at what I do. I know my work. I, I'm over here mining my fret. <laughs> like this is all from a book that I read recently from Ajaya, Ajaya Jones. And she says, I'm over here mining my front and you come to me for my services. And then you want to act like you're doing me a favor because I'm mm -hmm. black. No. Shouts out to Miss Jones. I deserve. And I think it's the same thing for businesses. It's like a lot of businesses, they're like, oh, I want to support black owned businesses, but I don't want to pay the price. Right. Right. I'm with that. It's but like, they'll go into, uh, hey, like, man, you know what? Out of you are what you eat. You are what you eat, man. Hey, you are what you eat, man. It's good. Hey, no better time. No better time because we are heated up. I feel we like yo, that was so because Lord knows they'll go in somebody else's establishment and, and, and throw a bag. You feel me? Just to, just to say yeah, I went there or just to just say, say I got I a reservation there. there. But yeah, you don't want to go over here and, mm -hmm. and, and and show love. You feel like, like you say, I'm coming here off of a favor. I'm doing you a favor. No, no, you're not. You, you're a consumer. Yeah. You're trying to look for something great to do. Yeah. Like, and you know, not? looking looking back at that of you are what you eat, right? As a chef, whenever you put something on the menu that might be like European, let's let's talk about like lobster for an example, right? Lobster, even in Boston, is considered like, Oh my God, lobster. Let me put a price of like $80 on a lobster. And because it's lobster, I'm not saying lobster is cheap, but because it's put $80 on a lobster, because it's lobster, people will pay for it, right? And, exactly. And then you put like, let's say a Brazilian fish stew that has a history very similar to the feijoada that I, that I did, that I explained to you, which I have put on the menu before. And a server has asked me like, oh, so... Chef Su, like you're like when you're explaining this dish, I'm thinking like it's more like a peasant food, right? And I'm like, no, 
would you call like when you're explaining lobster to your guests do you explain lobster as a as a peasant food because that's originally how lobster came to be exactly. like just because it has this history you're not going to explain it as peasant food hey sue you need to do a podcast called appraise the food yeah, I can go on and on. There's so many, like, the way that people explain food because of, like, who's making it. You got to, you got, people don't really know the history of a lot of things and, and popularity, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing that me and Mario try to debuff because popularity is something that controls people's perspective, you know what I'm saying? And it's just because it's popular in some source doesn't mean that it's the best thing. You get what I'm saying? Like, it, it could be, like you said, with lobster as opposed to a good Dover sole or a good, you know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. don't know too much about a certain fish or a certain crustacean, but then you hear lobster mac, you could charge you could charge motherfucker $100 for a lobster mac. You're going crazy. <laughs> All right, look, look, we in the perfect for the energy right, is Mario. up. The energy is up. Let's grade. Let's, let's grade, grade man. Let's grade. So let's grade it, man, because I got so, a, I got a power grade for your ass. For your ass, I'm gonna give you the power grade then. So Sue, so we Thank grade you, these phrases on three things, okay? So three different mm -hmm. components. The twenties gonna handle the power grade. The power grade is does it get to the point? You feel me? Does it mm -hmm. get straight to the point? Does it have impact when you when you hear it? Okay, mm -hmm. how it makes you feel when you hear it? Okay, so mm -hmm. power grade it's an A through F scale because we went to school in America or whatever. So, A through F, 20, where you at on it? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I give this a A-plus on Power Mario, not just because of it gets to the point, but I feel like people use it in a power sense, too, as well. Like, yeah. you can, it's one of those phrases that if you say it can, if you're a weak-minded person, you can get controlled by this phrase. You get what I'm saying? Like, somebody that can use this phrase to control you, and like Buddy said, like, He's made all these diets just by saying you are what you eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the yeah. people that are, don't have that 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 stronger you know opinion of themselves are, or like I said, that are weak minded will take that and run with, it. and it let it control their life. It'll yes, let sir. this this phrase has controlled so many people's lives to the point where they don't really know what's good or what's bad what's anymore. Good and what's bad. Hey, so what you giving it? I'll give it an A plus, baby. A plus. It's very powerful, bro. A, 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 A. Power grade. Boom. All right. Speed grade. Does it flow off the tongue? Is it easy to say? Is it easy to hear? You know what I'm saying? Speed grade. Eloquent. You are what you eat. Now, <laughs> again, we're not talking about our opinion of it. We just strictly speed. You are what you eat is, that's poetry, dog. It's That's, that's yeah. part of the power. That's part of its power. That's part of yeah. why it's been so impactful and so infectious. So I... We'll go with that. I'm gonna give that also a A, a A for oh, yeah. speed. All right, Sue, you hold us down with the final grade. This is the guest preference grade. So all things considered, we don't heard the origin, the current meaning, power, impact, everything combined. How you use it in your, will you keep using it in your everyday life? All that stuff. What do you give it? A through F. I give it an A. I I am almost to an A plus. But this conversation made me think of it in so many other ways. And as Tony said, be cautious of who you're saying it to and how you're saying it. Right. You know, right. like, because mm -hmm. before I used to use it, and of course, I always thought it had 
a variety of content. And if you think about it, it's like the way you're saying it, who you're saying it to, and what you're trying, like the point you're trying to make, because mm-hmm. it could, it's so widely used. Absolutely. So you're saying, hey, oh, this was a good phrase, bro. Hey, hey, on the phrase. Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. Sue, it's time. Before I give you, before I give you the floor to tell us more about your brand, I want to mm-hmm. shout out my man, young, uh, what was his name again? Young Ant from France. He had sure. bars too. If you want to look him up, he said one quote that I just wanted to put out there because Sue, I think, you know, it might resonate. He got a bunch of quotes. He said, whoever receives friends and does not participate in the preparation of their meal does not deserve to have friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're not helping them take hey, your aunt. The uh, OTF. Job. OTF. Yeah. 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 Anywho. I'm so. going to use that. It's my next, oh. it's, it's going to be my next uh, Instagram caption. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll send it yeah, to you. Yeah, I'll send yeah, you the yeah, quote, my right. man. Yeah, 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 bro. Make sure you remind me. But, Sue, talk to us more about the brand. Okay. So, Favela Bonita. Mario, I think when we met, I was already talking about, like, starting a Brazilian food truck. Yep, yep. Um, I've always been in Michelin star restaurants. <clears throat> um, these restaurants where it's highly acclaimed. And one of my first Michelin star restaurants, I was able to put a Brazilian dish on the menu that we kind of spoke about, like a muqueca, which is like a Brazilian fish stew. A lot of people used to look at it as peasant food. And that opened my eyes to like how valuable my food is, you know, and the, my culture, my the history of my culture of Brazil. And anywhere that I've worked, I always wanted to have that identity. I'm not always just doing a chef's food, but I'm going to put my little signature in that restaurant, especially if I have menu freedom. And that created kind of like my identity as a chef, you know. I'm a classically French uh, trained chef who values culture, who wants to show culture and wants to show the people behind the food. Because food is not just about what you're eating, it's like who made it, the history of it. Why is it important? Why is it such a big part of somebody's culture? How it affects you? Hence why I chose the phrase, you know, how it affects how you're feeling. It makes you happy. Food is my passion, but Brazilian culture is also my passion. And I always wanted to show the side of Brazil that people had a misconception about. And the idea of Favela Bonita first started as um, Brazilian street food with French techniques. So people, when they think about Brazilian food, they think of rustic, fried, fatty, but I wanted to like elevate it, you know, meaning not all food in Brazil is fried, fatty and putting different techniques to it. Um, When COVID happened, I was home like everybody else. I decided seeing all of my friends in the culinary world start their own brand, put it out there through content. um, I decided to start Favela Bonita as the brand, explaining it to people. And I felt very moved because the brand always had a story of marginalized people behind it. And at the time of summer 2020, that was important for me to put out, you know. Um, favelas are made out of mo- like black people. And it started because after the abolition of slavery, um, the slaves weren't granted any land. So they were forced to be put in the favelas and create their own communities. Um, and the government had no part to do with it. Even like recently when the World, World, World Cup happened in Brazil, that's when they started kind of getting involved. 
So they had to figure out their ways. They have their own culinary world. Like they're like African inspired food that they make there. And I wanted to show that to the world, but in the beautiful sense, not the sense of like, this is the city of God, or like, this is where I see that like people die. No, like this is like, how did it start? Why is it important? And the community aspect that happens in favelas. This is a long topic, of course, but how do I know how to do that through food and explaining the history of food, you know? Mm -hmm. And showing people that the food could be beautiful and it is inspired by my experience in the favelas. That community, like people making food together on a Sunday, rolling brigadeiros, which is the chocolate that I made, like around the table, you know? And like inviting your neighbors, very like warm, very like celebratory. It's always a celebration. Food is always a celebration. There it is. You know, I love that. And 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 that that's the, that's the name, Favela Bonita, the beauty of the favela. And mm. that's what I want to show the world through food, show the culture, like come in the come come in this journey with me, you know? And oh and if I if I'm going to go cook at this 3 Michelin star restaurant as a guest, I'm going to bring that with me. It might look a little bit different, but the root is always going to be that favela bonita because that's who I am. That's why I grew up, and that's what I want to show the world. Hey, hey, I'm following. I'm hungry, riding. bro. Hey, I'm gonna get some of this food, man. Hey, where, 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 where can the people find you, Sue? Where can the people find you? Um, so through Instagram, my Instagram is Sue Favela which that was way before Favela Bonita. And then Favela Bonita SD in San Diego. And then favelabonita.com. All right, cool. We're going to put all that in the show notes. Make sure you tap in, tap in tap, and support. Tap, tap, tap in. I'm going to be posting. You'll, we'll be posting things from the Appraise the Phrase podcast on IG of Sue's work, beautiful work on Appraise Phrase on Twitter, on uh, our YouTube page, everything. So, Thank you very much, Sue. Before you get out of here, mm-hmm. I got two more things to ask you. Well, I got one thing, and Dub got one thing. First thing I'm going to ask you is, now that we got the phrase done and all said and done, is it a, currently, currently, how you, where do you think the phrase is? Is it spot on, or are we using it, you know what I'm saying, the way it ain't supposed to be used? No, I think, I think it depends on the messenger. I think, I think we're using it right. We're using it, it, it right. It depends on the messenger. It depends on the the intent of the messenger there it is there it is we won't give it out of context it ain't out of context we're within context and i love it dub i i I think i think it's i think it's more i'm a if if i can't just piggyback on that yeah i think it's timing too as well man you know what i mean like like it like you said it 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 does depend on who's saying it but it's a it's about timing too as well if it's not it's it's molded into something more than just food. Yeah. And, and over the times it just became like, I'm pretty sure when they first started, it was just about, yeah, eat right, get your, get your body right. But now I think it's like we, like we stated, you know, whatever you putting inside of your body, whether it's food or whether it's knowledge, you know what I mean? Or energy or energy. Um, that's really what you, what you could become. So, Absolutely. You know, it's not really a question. It was just more of a, you know, a piggyback and a little statement to it as well. Sorry, Mario. No, you good. You good. You good. All right. So, end of every show, 
we have as we do our research. We want to also just get any type of misinformation, things that we think we know, we don't, okay? We We think we know, but we don't. So we close out every show with the misinformation of the day. The dictionary of misinformation. Ooh, this is a hard one, guys. No, no, so it's 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 just it's choose a letter. Choose a letter. <laughs> All right, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of my favorite rapper at the moment, and I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people misrepresent her, especially now that she's going through a trial. Um, M. M. Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, oh support Meg. Support. I'm Team Meg, man. M. Mm-hmm. So I just opened up our book of misinformation to M. And <clears throat> we're going to go with Mrs. The abbreviation MRS dot. It's not really an abbreviation at all, although it is widely considered to be one, including in the dictionary. It once actually stood for mistress, but mistress and wife don't mean the same thing, so we stopped. Okay, <laughs> so all y'all misses out there, MR, MRS dot, uh, uh, make sure you're flashing your ring. All right, y'all. <laughs> all right, y'all, that's say, what we do here. We are here. <laughs> yeah, so look, thank wow. you for listening. Thank I you for listening. Book, <laughs> I appreciate you. Shout out my man, co-host 20. You already know, we good. <laughs> yeah, so hey, listen. You can find us everywhere. YouTube, the visuals are out. Uh, we're brought to you by the Underdog Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe, like for more episodes. You can find us on IG, Appraise the Phrase Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Appraise Phrase. And listen, listen, listen. Don't forget, even in season two, that value is in the eye of the beholder. We'll holla at y'all. Yeah, like.